Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. I'm undergoing self-isolation. It's the only way to be. Just for the lack of stimulation. So come self-isolate with me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, beginning the 38th year of this broadcast, self-isolating and, and looking back, one of the things you do when you're sitting by your lonesome, isn't it? Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. I, ooh, I shouldn't have taken that job. I shouldn't have let that job. Anyway, uh, I'm thinking about the past year in the news as covered by this broadcast. That's right. It's another year in rebuke, gone by and yet ready for examination for the next hour. A year that started, wow, does this seem like just a year ago that (laughs) President Donald Trump had been impeached by the House and was headed for a so-called trial in the Senate? 2020. It was a very crap year. The year in rebuke. This week, as never before, it's nut-cutting time. And for the businessman turned chief executive, the nuts aren't falling far from the tree. Ken. Ken Starr. Whoever thought, right? Well, especially after you called me, uh... What, a, a, a lunatic back then? Hey, everybody was doing that. I go with the flow. That's one of my things. But, you know, I wanted real lunatics on my team this time. The guys from the house, Jim Jordan, Doug Collins, real pit bulls with very advanced rabies, right? <laughs> Turtleneck Mitch says no. Too divisive. <laughs> but that's my brand, too divisive. <laughs> so, we settle on you and the other guys. Well... Dershowitz is his own kind of pit bull, of course. Yeah, but he's not really on the team. I mean, he's testifying. Well, he's not a witness. I thought the plan was no witness. Right, 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 right. He's not witness testifying. He's just distinguished lawyer dropping by testifying. That happens, right? Well, that's one of the things we'll have to work on. By the way, I, I'm going to need all the files to help prepare the defense. You got him. Mick says you got him. If Mick says you got him, you got him. Well, I, I got a little packet of news stories and clips. That's it. That's all you need. Really. Just read the Lou Dobbs show transcripts. It's all there. He does the talking points like it's memorized or something. He's just a real Van Dyke Clyburn of the teleprompter. Sir, I'm going to need more than that. The, the Clinton people came into their trial with wheelbarrows full of stuff going all the way back to Whitewater. You know... There are days when I wish we had stuck to that stupid land deal. Are you crazy? It wasn't until people saw Bill Clinton's taste in women that the bloom really came off the rose by any name. Mm. But look, Ken, this isn't a trial. This is a hoax. You don't do a hoax the way you do a trial, right? Well... I'll help you out. The answer is no, sir. No, Mr. President, you don't. Remember that for the next time. All right, sir. So the basis of our response to the House accusations 
is to quote Lou Dobbs. Yeah. Quoting Hannity is too obvious. It'll give him the big head, too. So, your task this week is get this thing over by Friday. Well, we don't start till Tuesday. Right. So you get a nice cushion, right? Well, I wouldn't... Don't be like a bonehead general, right? Yes, sir. I don't think my job on the team is to change him. So, I, I guess that's my good fortune. Mitch. I have to say, in spite of myself, I'm, I'm not a particularly excitable fellow, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to feel excited. Yeah? Can't tell by looking at you. What size suit do you wear? Extra freaking large? I... I'm kidding, Mitch. Don Rickles is dead. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I imagine you're a little excited, too. I feel like I did when Apprentice went to two-hour special episodes. Hmm. You know, it's not the greatest thing in the world, impeachment. Even hoax impeachment. But still, only three people ever. Yes, sir. Now, uh, we're still on our fast track schedule. Great. Because I have a rally a week from Tuesday, and I want to give it my but, full... Uh, but a few members of my caucus, not many, mind you, but enough to be of some concern. Not a lot of concern, but... Will you get on with it? They're watching the unredacted emails coming out. And then this Parnas person... Who I don't know. Like from Adam, I don't know him. But these members are wondering if there's more of this stuff coming out. It makes it just... You know, a teeny squinch harder for them to hold the line on no witnesses. Hey, listen. You know me, Mitch. I'd like nothing more than to get Sleepy Joe on the stand and hammer him with questions about the whole hairy leg deal. But... But we agreed that no witnesses... Right. Makes for a tighter show. So? So, my members, just a few of them... Not a lot. Come on, spit it out. ...are wondering how much more this kind of stuff is just about to come out. I, I do have to give them some clarity on that, some reassurance that we're not marching them into a sinkhole. Oh, they wouldn't like that. <laughs> no, sir, especially the ones up for... You know what I wouldn't like, Mitch? Hmm? Being so-called supported by a bunch of gray-haired weenies who are scared of getting their shins muddy? I wouldn't like a Senate majority leader who can't frighten those weenies into following the plan. Am I supposed to be a freaking fortune teller, Mitch? I know, sir. Like I can know when Nancy Pelosi and her hoax people are planning to unveil the next chapter of their hoax? Uh, no, sir. But I guess what I'm asking is if you've been in contact with any more of these Ukrainian folks with lawyers. Mitch, your members are your team. All of them. Yes, sir. They start getting shaky legs. It's your task this week to kick them in the knees until they stand up straight. Right? I suppose that's one way of putting it. As far as I'm concerned, Mitch, that's the only way of putting it. Right? Very good point. New teams, new tasks, same mission. We're going to make impeachment great again. Now, the world is his boardroom. The Presidentis. This week, you've got to watch because there's nothing to see here. Car accident? Injury at work? You want results, and you want them fast. Hi, I'm Mitch. Most injured lawyers wrap you up in months of delay-filled litigation. 
Sure, you might get a nice settlement at the end, but that's your life that's going by while you wait through a trial. Jury selection, witnesses, documents. Who's got the time for all that? That's why at my law firm, we cut to the chase. You might not get the biggest settlement, but you get it now before, before the injuries, injuries turn, turn to memories. At McConnell and McConnell, we're not trial lawyers. We're get-the-thing-done lawyers. If witnesses have something to say, they can say it at your check-signing ceremony. Mitch got the judge to skip almost the whole trial. I don't know how he does it. I entered and left the court for good on the same day, thanks to Mitch. Thanks to the McConnell Law Firm's strategy of tight coordination with the defendant, you can focus on healing, not testifying. And Mitch passes the savings right back to you. So here's the pitch. Just call Mitch. McConnell and McConnell. Not licensed in all states. Your experience may vary. Testimonials by paid actors. Don't bitch. Call Mitch. He'll take the try out of trial. It was just after the impeachment trial ended that um, we became aware of the influence and presence of Rudy Giuliani in the uh, White House world long before... uh, the post-election shenanigans began. Rudy Giuliani had prevailed upon <laughs> President Trump to um, include in his pardon spree an old pal and colleague of Giuliani's, a man who was Giuliani's police chief when Giuliani was mayor of New York. And... Uh, during the aftermath of 9-11, the immediate aftermath of 9-11, was revealed to have um, sectioned off for his own use as a um, love squad in an affair he was having with a New York writer and publisher, a um, facility which was supposedly reserved for rest and no recreation but rest for uh, first responders. I guess this gentleman thought he... They'd do the rest. He'd do the recreation. He was um, released from that job. Rudy later promoted him as the candidate for the first Homeland Security Secretary. Uh, That was after he had spent uh, a little while trying to uh, Americanize the police force in Baghdad. That didn't work out too well. Neither did he get the Homeland Security thing. He later spent uh, a little time in jail on tax charges, but Rudy got him pardoned. Even in the White House, Bernard Carrick was there. When New York needed correcting, Carrick was there. Carrick was there. With a countenance just as grim as a cleric's when his house it needed fixing, there was no money, he was Nixon. When the mobsters would mix in, Carrick was there. Carrick was there. When the city was on fire, Carrick was there. Taking time out only for a torrid affair Just to make a good impression 
He used a flat meant for decompression Of the guys in his profession Carrick was there Carrick was there Carrick was there When Mayo Rudy had his passion Carrick was there When the time had come to cash in When Iraq needed policing Carrick was there Though some said it was a fleecing Could Carrick care? It was three long months of training Then the crap, it started raining So without complaining Carrick was out of there When Homeland needed securing Carrick was there But his nanny records were found in disrepair So Bernie took a powder Before the questioning got louder In the pages of the tabloids Carrick was there There When Trump rolled out a pardon Carrick was there With no guard dogs doing the garden, Carrick could dare. It was Rudy who saved his bacon from the laws he had been breaking. In Giuliani's golden glare, Carrick is there. Carrick is there. Big controversy this year was the, I don't know if you noticed, there was all this other stuff going on, but there was a, a big controversy, oh, controversy over the Boeing 737 MAX aircraft. It had crashed twice in the preceding years with major loss of life. It was um, withdrawn from use by a number of airlines, and this year Boeing announced uh, it was going to return the plane to service that at least was the hope. But uh, at the beginning of the year, Boeing released a bunch of internal messages, including one from uh, one of its pilots, saying that 737 MAX was designed by clowns and supervised by monkeys. We decided to uh, give equal time. 2020. It was a very crap year. The year in rebuke. Listener here in New Orleans came by our studio and asked if he could respond to some of the uh, allegations in that story. And, uh, of course, we had time to fill. So I'm glad to welcome to the Le Show microphones John Pimples Hendricks. <laughs> Better known to kids everywhere as Pimples the Clown. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you do have some uh, serious clown makeup on, but here in New Orleans, we've come to 
take that sort of thing for granted. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> That's one of my taglines. Ah. <laughs> I'm a real clown, uh-huh. although I also have a day job, mm. which is why I was in the neighborhood, because there sure isn't any good food around here. <laughs> well, I guess I should call you Pimples. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Mm, not irritating at all. So, wh- uh, what is your day job? I'm an aircraft designer. Really? So maybe you can see why I took such a fence. As a matter of fact, I took the whole fence. <laughs> Can't help it. It's in my blood. <laughs> but so you took a fence at... The guy at Boeing who said that airplane was designed by clowns. Mm. I mean, that's outrageous. Also outrageous without the spitting. Uh-huh. You couldn't smear an entire ethnic group that way these days. Except <laughs> maybe people from Poughkeepsie. Uh... Why them? <laughs> it's just a funny name, silly boy. Ah, yes. Yes, <laughs> but you know, I have to, I have to go into that facility every day and twice on Saturdays. You brought your horn. No, oh, I never travel without it. It's my emotional support horn. Mm. <laughs> but how are my colleagues supposed to look at me and collaborate with me and trust me, for gosh sakes, with this kind of smear going on unanswered? So you drop by to unsmear yourself? And my colleagues. Mm. You know, for a lot of us, clowning is no way to make a living. Mm. It's a vocation. Uh I'm sure I'm not the only one whose dad said, Son, you're never going to support yourself with a big red nose and a curly blue wig. You need something to fall back on. So you studied aircraft design? No, I fell back on my mom. She was sitting behind me. (laughs) <laughs> but seriously, mm-hmm. I have colleagues who are anesthetists, anesthetists, air traffic controllers, mm-hmm. nurse practitioners, mm-hmm. all sorts of serious jobs. This guy, who I noticed didn't use his non-clown name, casts a shadow over all of us. I don't need that. I brought my own umbrella. Ooh, you could poke somebody's eye out. Oh, with- that would be fun, dun, sun, bun, funny. Mm. But you know what this face is? The one I'm making right now. Yeah, well, your mouth. I'm I'm saying this for our listeners who can't see you unless they're watching the webcast, which is down again this week. Your mouth is turned, I'd I'd almost say, extremely downward. I'm doing my sad clown face, Mm. or as we call it in the business, my skeleton. Ah. You know, we don't have a union or anything. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen a few of us just trying to get into a car to go to a meeting? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Take a look at us. So you're 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 kidding around, but you really are sad. Yes, mm-hmm. it's safe to pick on clowns now. Mm-hmm. It's fashionable to say we scare you. Well, boo! <laughs> you scare us too. Huh. But can't we all learn to scare each other together? I say yes, we can't. Okay, uh, pimples. I think you've made your point in this brand new "Have Your Say" segment here on the show. You got to move on to something uh, even more boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something with not as much blue hair, uh, pimples. Where can our listeners uh, look for you? Uh, well, I designed at the Merritt Aviation Plant out on Chefman. Uh, 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 I, I mean, in your other guys. Forget the other guys. Where are the other girls? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at the Piggly Wiggly in Harahan Tuesday afternoon, 5 to 7, free balloons. Oh, my favorite kind. Pipples the Clown, I'm, I'd be proud to fly in any plane you design. Really? Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, sure, what the heck. We know what you're going through. We're going through it, too. They're saying it may be over soon. 
But right now, it's a new normal. And there's nothing normal about it. Some of us are losing loved ones. All of us are missing the lives we loved. We are America's advertising community. And we are hurting too. Like you, we're adjusting. We've bought hundreds of pianos just for these messages. And when this is over, and it will be over, you can rely on us to be back at full strength, yelling, not whispering, and selling back those pianos. We're with you now, and we'll be after you soon. A message from America's advertising community, where truth is just the beginning. And now, just the top of the mountain of apologies of the week. We're so sorry. Charleston, you know, in Carolina, one of the Carolinas. You know which Carolina it is. Don't ask me. Uh, Charleston City Councilman Harry Griffin was removed from a city committee, committee charged with eradicating institutional racism. That removal came after he issued an apology over his involvement with a rally last Saturday attended by the Proud Boys, a nationwide hate group, according to the Charleston City Paper. After initial discussions with organizers, Griffin said he withdrew his participation even before the event occurred. In a joint announcement, two other council persons, co-chairs of the city's Commission on Equality, sorry, Equity, Inclusion, and Racial Conciliation, didn't mention the rally. The decision to remove Griffin, they said, was made to ensure the group is, quote, able to complete its work without further distractions. The mayor called the action to remove Griffin, quote, a good decision. Uh, Sacron, one of the council people, told the city paper, the Charleston city paper, that he was disappointed Griffin had even a loose relationship with the Proud Boys or the organizers. The move came two days after Griffin publicly apologized for committing to speak at the rally downtown, organized by representatives of two Facebook pages. Initially billed as a Tea Party rally, organizers later praised the attendance of the Proud Boys, a group that has been involved with violent clashes during protests elsewhere in recent years. In his apology letter, Griffin explained he initially supported the organizers' anti-tax sentiment Sure, who wouldn't support that? But that he pulled out of the event beforehand after learning more about it and disavowed support for the Proud Boys. Police say there were no incidents at the rally. But he wasn't proud of the Proud Boys. Tiffany Haddish has revealed she declined an invitation to host next year's Grammys pre-telecast ceremony after the Recording Academy asked her to perform without pay. In a Variety interview, Haddish opened up. Why she declined the offer? The actress and producer was expected to cover costs for her own hair, makeup, and wardrobe for the entire three-hour live stream event where she would hand out over 70 awards. That's got to take a toll on your makeup and your hair. All of that would have had to come out of pocket, Haddish revealed. I don't know if this means I might not get nominated again, but I think it's disrespectful. How many other people have they done that to? 
A Recording Academy spokesperson assured the industry trade variety that traditionally hosts, presenters, and performers in the past have taken the job without compensation and also noted that Haddish's future nominations would not be imperiled by her decision. The Recording Academy's interim president, Harvey Mason Jr., said on Instagram he personally spoke to Haddish, apologized on behalf of himself and the Academy. Unfortunately, and without me knowing, a talent booker working for the Academy told Ms. Haddish we wouldn't even cover their co- her costs while she hosted the event for us. To me, that was wrong. Unquote. Harvey Mason. At least one congressional Republican is getting some blowback from home for supporting <laughs> President Trump's efforts to get the Supreme Court to reverse the election results. In an editorial last Friday, the Orlando Sentinel apologized for having endorsed Representative Michael Waltz for re-election. This congressman from Florida. They cited his decision to support that lawsuit that uh, the Supreme Court dismissed without even thinking about it. Quote, we apologize to our readers for endorsing Michael Waltz in the general election for Congress, Publications Editorial said. We had no idea, no way of knowing at the time that Waltz was not committed to democracy. During our endorsement interview with the incumbent congressman, we didn't think to ask, would you support an effort to throw out the votes of of millions of Americans in four states in order to overturn a presidential election and hand it over to the person who lost Donald Trump? Our bad. Unquote. The Orlando Sentinel. And Google CEO Sundar Pinchal apologized this week for the company's handling of the departure of artificial intelligence ethics researcher Timnit Jebru. Pinchal said he would investigate the events and work to restore trust, according to an internal memo and company, sent company-wide and obtained by Axios.com. Jebru's exit has provoked anger and consternation within Google as well as in academic circles, with thousands of people signing an open letter urging Google to re-examine its practices. In a note, Pichal acknowledged the depth of the damage done by the company's actions and said the company would look at all aspects of the situation, but sh- stopped short of saying that they wouldn't be evil. No, well, they didn't. he didn't. He did stop short of that. Jebru left Google in what the company characterized as a resignation, but Jebru said it was a firing Google had refused to give permission for Jebru and other Google researchers to attach their name or the company's name to an AI ethics paper that had been accepted for publication. Jebru and others ex- uh, dismissed Pichal's memo as not addressing the core issues around her ouster. And Open AI Policy Director Jack Clark said, I'm absolutely shocked by this email. That is from Google's CEO. It uses the worst form of corporate writing to present Jebru's firing as something akin to a weather event something that just happened. But real people did this, and they're hiding. Unquote. Open AI Policy Director Jack Clark. The Apologies of the Week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. There were so many follow-on events from the COVID-19 epidemic. So much had to be canceled. So many people were out of work. Among the many businesses trashed by the epidemic, of course, was the cruise business, Uh, one of the first really dramatic examples of the effects of COVID-19 was uh, a cruise ship that uh, came into Sydney, Australia, and uh, docked there. People couldn't get off the ship, and it became uh, a little uh, petri dish 
of the uh, virus and its disease. And one of the cruises canceled featured a um, a known figure from the recent past of public radio. And that cancellation had reverberations. Well, sure, it's been a quiet week in Lake Reverie, Minnesota, my hometown. Of course, they've all been quiet weeks, last couple months or so. Ever since, as uh, Peg Lundgren down at the Catbox Cafe put it, town curled up and hibernated. All except for Father Sarnquist down at the uh, Seven Norwegian Barbers Memorial Lutheran Church. In his spare time, Father Sunquist is uh, something of a history buff. He was a fellow discovered a couple of years ago while he was researching the microfiche files of the Lake Reverie Advertiser, the Town Weekly, that the community's name was a corruption of the original Chippewa name of the lake, Rev-A-Ri-La, which apparently meant in the Chippewa language, Lake where white people eat processed meat at picnics. Then earlier this year, the place was rocked by Father Sarnquist's revelation, his word for it, in a Sunday morning service, that the traditional origin story of his church's name turned out to be a historical error. Seems he'd discovered in a batch of letters that the terrible boating accident that was memorialized in the name of his house of worship had only killed six barbers, and only five of them were Norwegian. Now he was busier than in 2007, back when he'd had to redo a bunch of baptisms after they discovered the plumbing problem. He was preparing, with the aid of the church's organist, Marjorie Sorgard, to march on the state capitol to get the church reopened after what he called the crony virus thing. He'd done a month full of sermons on this theory, which, if you haven't already heard about it, says the virus was created by Chinese people in the Department of Health and Human Services in order to sell more Chinese masks and gloves. Some weeks, the people in the theory worked at the CDC, or FEMA, instead. But the gist of the story remained rock solid. Marjorie Sorgard played a particularly fervent version of Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence after his final sermon in the crony virus series, which you could only see if you had church book live. And after they switched off the camera, she said to Father Sonquist, in a voice that echoed throughout the empty sanctuary, Father, I just got a vision of us at the state capitol getting this church back open. I'll make up some placards and do my social media thing because this house can no longer be empty of souls besides ours and the boy from Honduras. So they've been, as he says, powerful busy this week, 
trying with some of the members of the sodality to get to the capital before the Catholic delegation from the Twin Cities arrives. Only other person in town who's been really busy during the lockdown, the most famous citizen of Lake Reverie. The guy's been talking about the town on the radio since just after there was radio. Of course, he'd pulled up stakes, left town years before, but he'd come back every once in a while, spend a night or two at the stay-a-while motel, just to, as he used to explain it to the Gustafson kid who worked the front desk, catch up on usable details. But since his radio show went away after that little thing with the woman and her back and his hand and such. He didn't seem to need those details so much. But now he was back on a completely different mission. As he explained it to the Gustafson kid, he was now doing cruises. You mean like the old rock bands? The kid asked. The kid, by now, was in his early forties, but everybody still called him the Gustafson kid. Basically, since old man Gustafson had given him the unfortunate first name of Salt Struman, the kid's father, himself named Thor, kept explaining to the boy that he'd been given a gift of great strength, the name of the world's most powerful maelstrom. It should be nothing but a source of pride for a strapping kid like him. But in fact, the kid had never outgrown his baby skinniness, and he'd spent the first eight grades in school trying, without success, to figure out just how you make a nickname out of Salzstrumen. So over his after-dinner Ovaltine, the radio fellow explained to the kid that this year's cruise had to be canceled because of the virus thing. The kid nodded soberly. The kind of look you get when Dr. Einstein has just admitted that he doesn't understand quantum physics either. The kid knew all about the virus thing from Father Sonquist's church book live sermons, don't you know? Now, as the radio fellow told it, some would-be cruisers were cruising for a refund. Took the kid a moment to take apart the wordplay. So the radio guy continued, I'm in town for a couple of days looking for witnesses. Even the Gustafson kid knew all four of the Jehovah's Witnesses who used to live in Lake Reverie had left town after the fire at the Watchtower warehouse. So he just pointed out that there was now a deposit policy on the bed pillows. The radio guy said there were lawsuits stretching from here to the county line, and he needed some character witnesses from the town he had made so famous for all these years. Famous enough that he could be doing cruises now. Well, the Gustafson kid got all serious-looking again. The I'm-trying-to-help-Niels-Bohr solve this stubborn equation look. He took a diet Dr. Pepper out of the, one of the wet bars they were removing from the rooms, cracked it open, 
took a good, healthy slug. Then he opened up. Look, mister. Peg Lundgren down at the Catbox Cafe said last month she'd get out the shotgun if she ever saw you again. After the way you made her look like a provincial yahoo all these years. Those were her words. I don't know how you made her resemble a website, but that's what she said. Mr. Malmstrom at the Pick and Grin Hardware said the radio guy came in one day, picked up and examined a really nice set of screwdrivers. Then he up and put them down and walked out. He said that screwdriver set sure would have paid for a new rain gutter. I myself heard Father Sarnquist call you a libertine in the middle of one of his coronavirus sermons. The kid sighed heavily as if he'd just finished reciting some hip-hop lyrics from memory. Well, the radio guy just sat there, listening to the arrhythmic ticking of the Fred Flintstone clock on the wall of the hotel's combination office and breakfast room. Then he sighed, and he said to the Gustafson kid, I guess this won't be as easy as I expected. I guess I'll pay for four nights' deposit on the pillows. That's the news from Lake Reverie, Minnesota, where time stands still, and so does everybody else. This year, we learned that the always reforming government of Saudi Arabia under the putative direction of um, Crown Prince MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, was planning to widen the cultural window of the country, including hip-hop, rock and roll, and even heavy metal. We're bringing back the noise, rocking us and the hip-hop boys. Yo, yo, yo. Using all of our high-tech toys, or maybe just a bone Ticket price is such a deal. The street, they'd say it's a steal. Yo, yo, yo. You get a show and a kind of meal, or maybe just a bone saw. Bone saw, you don't know where it is. Bone saw, it's meant to scare it. The bones are now. All is normal, have no fear. The backup chicks will still be here. Videoed in from a room in the rear. Room right next to the bone saw. 
coming to Sexy in a way that's brand new Covered up right down to the shoe Cause there might be a bone saw Bone saw It's just the Saudi Bone saw Way of saying howdy Never needs to take a bow But put your hands together for the bone saw It's, it's going to seem unlikely to future observers looking back on 2020, but one of the major debates of this pandemic year, aside from whether the pandemic was real, <laughs> is should one avail oneself of the advice of almost every public health professional and um, deal with the pandemic by wearing a mask. Many Republican leaders had difficulty with that one. 2020. It was a very crap year. The year in rebuke. And I look forward to constructive talks with you on how we can engage together on this important legislation. Sincerely yours. Okay. Just sign of Mitch. Mm -hmm. Speaker Pelosi always thinks that's a good sign. No harm in giving her false hope. <laughs> okay, Dan, anything else? Only the, uh, the thing, Mr. Leader. The mask thing? Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Hmm. I mean, we did set uh, aside 10 minutes on the schedule for training right about now. Oh, I know, but I've got a lunch with the Republican leadership and... I'd hate to have mask marks on your face. Mm. I think we got a cream that can take care of that. Because, you know, you get to be a certain age mm. and your skin just becomes a, a damn tattletale. Yes, sir. So? All right. I guess if I'm going to do the pivot, I, I shouldn't be the last damn Republican on earth to do it. Well, that's what we agreed in the strategy session. So We uh, could just start with this one. Well... I'm not going to put that on my face. You're touching it, for God's sake. This is your bag, sir. Well, I suppose if I've, if I've got my own bag. So the key is you don't touch your actual mask either. Mm-hmm. Well, was I just going to jump on my face when I say abracadabra? <laughs> no, sir, that's what these little things are for. The, the little stringy things are handled? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like very durable construction. <laughs> Not that I'm any expert on constructing anything, but tax cut packages. They're disposable, so I guess the uh, stringy things aren't built for endurance. Mm -hmm. But in the short term, you want one of them in each hand. Otherwise, no, I know. It just closed up like a clamshell. Yeah, and then you put them over the ear. Uh-huh. Great. That just dangles down one, from one. one. One of the stringy things over each ear, sir. Yeah. Got it. 
I have to hand it to these people. They kind of thought of everything. And then just slide it down till it covers your nose and catches on your chin. Okay, but uh, uh, now... No, you had it there for a minute, sir. I, I know, but my just, chin didn't catch it. Just just kept sliding down. Wait. You know, Dan, I may just have to reluctantly conclude that I don't have a chin for mask wearing. We could put a little thing on your nose to keep it from... Okay. I'm I'm just gonna hold it here for right now. Okay. Dan, I'm gonna go on a limb here and say this is not a great aid to public speaking. It looks like it's 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 getting sucked in every time you breathe. Daniel. Breathing through my mouth has been good enough for six decades of public service. I don't you think... Could, you could just take one really deep breath before you put it on, mm -hmm. and then... I, you know, I'm beginning to understand why the president is so resistant to all this. We both went over the polling, sir. Mm -hmm. This gives you every bit as much of a bump as signing on to the police reform bill with none of the thin blue backlash. Well... I can tell that between the breathing and the keeping the thing from sliding down, my nose is going to be a hell of a lot busier. <laughs> Worst things have happened in our campaigns. Well, you're certainly on the money there. <laughs> so what do you think? Well, I'll try it on my way to the caucus. If nobody notices any face marks, we'll put it into the appearance bag. Good deal, Senator. And then when I'm through, I'll just yank him off my... Ow. Not nice and easy, Senator. Wow. Those strings are tougher than they look. When we think back on this year, and I mentioned all the uh, advice from public health authorities, there's one piece of advice that seems to have disappeared from the litany uh, fairly early on, as a matter of fact. It's, wash your hands, maintain social distance, wear a mask if you can't, uh, gather uh Outdoors if you can, few people indoors if you must. The one that's missing now, don't touch your face. Try not to touch your face. I was never really good at that. I got no problem with working at home It's always been my favorite place Only one thing's not a piece of cake I'm touching my face Maybe it's because I've got anxiety Over the fate of the whole I just have too much time on my hands But I'm touching my face Don't have to shout Cause I'm not freaking out Touching my legs was never a habit Though I always liked touching where they meet Touching my chest, it was second best. But touching cheeks and forehead was oh so sweet. I guess 
mittens on Or fit my arms with some kind of brace A lifetime of habits ain't easy to break I'm touching my face I'm just like you, I need something to do So I'm touching my face. And oh yes, this was the year that America's longest war finally seemed to be getting ready to start approaching the on-ramp to the beginning of the end. From Afghanistan Public Radio, our tote bags are now guaranteed to have no major holes. From the abandoned American television truck in downtown Kabul, where the nightlife is like the daylife, only darker. <laughs> I'm Mahmoud. And I'm Hamid. We're Slick and Slack, the here-to-stay brothers. Welcome to another edition of Karzai Talk. Today's program comes to you with the assistance of the Ahwan Library Foundation. Help us found a library. <laughs> well, my younger brother, yeah. this is indeed a historic day in the life of our beloved homeland. Yes, the electricity in my Toyota dealership stayed on throughout an entire transaction. <laughs> uh, but yes, my younger brother, mm. I'm sure you're referring to the signing of a final peace deal for Afghanistan. I am indeed, and hoping that it's more final than the final results of our last election. <laughs> <laughs> are they India? <laughs> yes, they are. And our congratulations to President Hani for again being President Ghani. <laughs> but uh, slow counting of election results is the only category of anything where our country is ahead of Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you're on Karzai Talk. Hello, this is Ashraf Ghani, second time president, first time caller. Uh, president Ghani, I know I speak for my brother when I say hello. No, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I, I know there's been uh, some less than uh, unstrained relations between Hamid and myself, mm -hmm. but with our new election finally decided, I think it's worthwhile to spend a few months remaining in my term reaching out to everyone to rebuild the sense of national unity as we embark down the rocky paths of peace. Mm. Sounds impressive. The scary thing is he's not reading. He really talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I assume, uh, Collar, mm -hmm. that you've also been uh, reaching out to some of the bloody-minded warlords you've brought into your government? Uh, this is a moment in time when we stop looking at the past and focus on the future. I am reading that. The Americans wrote it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, can we assume, Mr. President, mm -hmm. that as the detailed peace negotiations now start up, that you will actually be invited to those talks? Oh, Mahmoud, our caller would, I'm sure, prefer to shelter in place, or as we call it now, self-quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did have a question, by the way, on this subject. Oh, ask away. That's the format talking, not me. When you're in, in negotiations mm -hmm. uh, and the Americans are in the room, mm -hmm. uh, do you open up taking a strong line or 
do you try to lull them with cooperation and then stand up for your country just before it's time for the signatures? Wow, I'm impressed. He really thinks you know something. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Ashraf, yeah. our Taliban friends have a simple strategy. Get back into power and start making some real money. <laughs> the Americans, it's more complex. Mm -hmm. Some of them really wanted to help a poor Asian nation racked by the war. Well... But those were the janitors. <laughs> <laughs> if you're asking me, and I think the tape will prove that you were, mm -hmm. I say you can either see yourself as the odd man out between two warring sides trying to untangle, mm -hmm. or you can see yourself as the essential middleman making this slapdash agreement work out. Or... Like my brother, you can see yourself as the brand ambassador for green robes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call. It's amazing to me there's still bad blood between you two. It's amazing to me there's any blood at all. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we laugh? That wasn't funny. Again, that's the format talking. Hello, you're on Cars I Talk. Hi, guys. I'm Jim Taliban, first-time call center chief customer experience officer and first-time caller. A couple of firsts there. Taliban, that's a... You unusual surname for an American. Oh, I'm not an American. I'm from Helmand Province. I, I took that surname to honor the brothers who've been training me these last couple of years. And and your first name is Jim? Well, that's just to relate better to the Americans whose calls we handle at the call center. Mm. At home, I'm plain old Salman Hakim. Uh, are you saying the Taliban trained you to work at a call center? Uh, and are you saying that actually is a call center? in this country? That would be such a step up. I'm going to take your questions in order, guys. Uh, Mahmoud, mm -hmm. if you are physically unable to be an actual fighter, they train you for a future role in the new Afghanistan. Hami, mm. uh, uh -huh. um, the, the center doesn't open for business until the peace deal goes into effect. Otherwise, the insurance would be killing us. And I think we all feel like there's been enough killing. Uh, so are you looking forward to life in a peaceful Afghanistan? I'll tell you what I'm really looking forward to, the start of baseball season. Got a good feeling about the Dodgers this year. Well, they are training you well to talk to Americans. You got that right. Uh, after a while, you almost get used to it. Almost like peace itself. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost too deep to laugh at. It was almost too deep to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call. We had help today from the Afghan Bar Association. Don't hate us, we just own bars. Legal services for cars I talk from the law firm of Ketchum and Nukem. I'm Mahmoud. And I'm Hamid. Join us next time and hear how different peace sounds on Cars I Talk. This is APR, Afghanistan Public Radio. And we were talking about advertising. We, me, I, moments ago. This from uh, Advertising Age, as I read the trades for you. In the past few months, we've seen a proliferation of, of actors in ads, and not always for high-profile brands. Since September alone, we've seen Rick Moranis return to the screen after a nearly a 20-year hiatus to appear with the ubiquitous Ryan Reynolds in a spot for Mint MoMA. Bruce Willis in an ad for Advanced Auto Parts. Alan Ruck in a commercial for a garage door company. And Hugh Jackman appearly naked in a nearly naked in a spot for an Australian bootmaker. This year, 
Since the pandemic struck, many actors and entertainers have found themselves unemployed and at home, with their projects fallen through or put on hold. So, they're happy to talk to brands. Quote, we've seen a lot more willingness of talent to do things that they wouldn't necessarily have done before. Unquote, Doug Shabelman, an entertainment agency representative who represents brands looking to hire celebrities. A lot of celebrities are home. They're not doing productions. They also want to be paid and to remain relevant, he says. It's not necessarily about the dollar amount, although there may be discounts. It's about willingness to do things they would not have done before, unquote. Celebrities have also realized the need to stay engaged with fans, says Marie Cardouche Lane, partner in endorsements at William Morris Endeavor. Once all production and music touring came to a halt, our clients became even more eager to find ways to create meaningful content and stay connected with their audience. Partnering with a brand is a perfect way to get engaged. It's not just about the money or the exposure anymore, she adds. While all of that helps, of course, artists really want to work with brands, both large and small. For brands, unquote, for brands securing the talent of celebrities also taps into what consumers crave during a time of uncertainty and stress. Familiarity with a touch of nostalgia. Reasons to be grateful, ladies and gentlemen, when I read the trades for you. Copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And that's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. Part one of 2020, the year in rebuke. We'll take a break for the holiday show next week. And then um, see if we can stick a fork in the uh, current occupant of the White House on our last show of the year. The year in rebuke, part two. A tip of the show chapeau to the San Diego desk and to Pam Halstead and Thomas Walsh at WWN on New Orleans for help with today's program. The email address, chance to get cars, I talk t-shirts, playlist of the music, all at harryshearer.com. And I'm on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. Le Show, that's what it's called these days. Le Show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWN on New Orleans flagship station, of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from deep inside your audio device of choice.